Hey comic collectors, welcome to the Comic Collector's Corner, a podcast for the average collector by someone just like you. My name is Matt, but I go by Mr. Comics A9 on YouTube. In this podcast, we discuss all the comics, movies, and shows from Marvel and DC to Image Independence Publishers. If it is a following, my goal is to bring it forward in the comic book community for you to enjoy. So please give this podcast a follow and sit back and relax while we talk about the history of our characters, essential moments in the books, and our hand-picked recommendations to help the average collector like you and me to grow their comic book collections in their own way. Thank you for watching. Everyone, Mr. Comics A9 here. This is the Comic Collector's Corner podcast and YouTube show on my channel, Mr. Comics A9. We are reviewing Amazing Spider-Man number 13, Legacy 907, and Amazing Spider-Man number 14, Legacy 908. These are two very different issues. I mean, I can accurately describe one, and the other one it will be a... Huh, a little bit of a nightmare, because I barely understood it after two reads and listening to someone else talk about it on a podcast. <laughs> Starting with Maze Spider-Man 13, part three of the uh, Hobgoblin uh, little war that happened. Uh, first off, you know, uh, story by Zeb Wells and written by... Uh, well, Zip Wells and uh, John Romita artwork. Um, you know, Norman uh, starts off with Norman screaming from the nurse, saying, Call the cops, Spider-Man, my employees, you know, get in trouble, because here comes two hobgoblins bearing down on him. And it is just Ned Leeds and Roger Kingsley just kicking the crap out of Spider-Man. I mean, he's dipping and diving. He's dodged up, dip, dive, and bam, because he didn't dodge. <laughs> Um, flying all over the place, making jokes, you know, gets thrown off, gets caught by Bug, his glider, in the Osborne suit, you know, he's flying for his life, um, gets injured, his glider gets destroyed by one of the hobgoblins, um, and... Uh, his mask destroyed, lying on the ground. Um, I think it's Ned Leeds. Ned Leeds uh, being controlled or uh, by uh, Roderick to a killing blow. And then right before it happens, here comes the Golden Goblin, Norman Osborn, to the rescue in the what would have been the Spider-Man 3 suit. And Norman makes short work of him. You know, Spider-Man webs the AI up. He stops Norman from getting out of control, punching, or I think with Roderick, you know, killing him. Norman uh, gets checked out by his crew, who finds out that... Uh, they didn't send his uh, computer to his uh, hospital room after the last issue to recover that someone else did. Hmm, interesting. You know, the Winkler device has been 
removed before the police got there, so Ned Leeds is in, actually is in serious legal trouble. Uh, Rajik goes to some location where we find out that he's also being controlled with Winkler device by none other than the Queen Goblin. So, very interesting there. All right. First and foremost, um, I had some issue with this book in the beginning. I mean, just a little bit. Um, we'll start with the biggest key issue. There's a couple of panels. Like, uh, this one up here, and I apologize for those not listening or watching on this on YouTube. There's no spiderweb design. No, spiderwebs in this costume. But almost the same size, but just the reverse angle of the suit. There's the spiderwebs on this, on this suit. You know, um, if you read the beginning, beginning of the Ultimate Spider-Man with Ultimate Peter Parker, you'll know that right there in the beginning, he just had a solid red and blue suit. He looked like a, you know... I'm gonna I'm gonna say Mexican wrestler with their colorful uniforms. Um, I forget what the proper term is. I apologize, but he looked like that. Just and then again down here and some of the details on the same page, you just see the blue and the red, but you don't see the lines. I had a big problem with that. A lot of the some of the artwork in here just felt rushed. Those little details, these over simplicity, you know. These panels over here, what is the deal with the yellow in the background instead of the regular blue sky or a city, you know, silhouette in the background? Why? I mean, are we so focused on what's happening with Peter and the glider that we don't want to take away from that? And so it's just focusing on that. Um, that was an issue. Uh... One of the problems I had the first go around is, like I said, uh, right here, um, after the hobgoblin may basically explode or destroy Spider-Man's um, helmet mask, and they leave him maskless on the ground, temporarily um, stunned, and both hobgoblins are staring down at him, and nothing's and they're not going like. Who are you? This is Spider-Man. You know, I was like, I had a problem with that in the beginning. I couldn't understand why they're literally looking down at his face and not like going, I need to memorize this, take a picture. I'm going to find you later. I'm going to find your family later and make them suffer for everything you put me through. It wasn't until talking to other fans that I realized, oh, it's the ring, it's the, it's the, the, the hypnotic, uh, Winkler device on both of them that they're both in a hypnotized state following orders. They're not gonna rashly look at Peter Parker's exposed identity as Spider-Man and put two together. They are kill Spider-Man, kill Spider-Man, kill Spider-Man. And so that was explained away. Um, <coughs> but other than that, like I said, just a few of the small details, I mean, I had a problem again on how seriously Spider-Man was getting his butt kicked. Because I mean, I remember him fighting six sets of Sinister Six during the Sinister War. Try saying that six times fast. <laughs> um, where he's handling basically 36 supervillains single-handedly getting his butt kicked. Yes, but it's 36 to 1. He couldn't handle 2 on 1? 
or at least put up more of a fight. I mean, I understand a well-coordinated ally can make it damn well impossible. But uh, seriously, I did not think that Peter would get his ass kicked so hard. It was just a little bit like disbelieving is like an excuse to, oh, we have to, you know, we have to um, get the Norman, the Golden Goblin to save Peter. It was like a... Uh, a plot device, you know, something to move the story forward in a certain direction, not so, not quite organic. Um, so because uh, I remember him getting his butt kicked royally by Vulture in that first issue, but then again, Vulture had more of a reason I felt than the Hobgoblin did to go after him so brutally. Um, but other things, but I said, like, okay, maybe so. I mean. I can kind of see sometimes you can have an off day, particularly the hobgoblin, goblin-like strength. It's possible, I guess. Um, in the beginning, I gave this, when I read it digitally, a B plus because of the small artwork problems. I couldn't quite give it to the A, but when I got a copy in my hands, when I got the copy in my hands, I'm just, I'm a physical reader. Holding this book in my hand now, flipping through the pages, and my eye can travel over both pages, read it how it's supposed to be, but I can travel and take in everything at once. It's much more enjoyable to me, and my grade goes up one grade every time. So this B is going to, um, my grade for issue number 13 is an A minus, officially is an A minus. Just because I liked it a lot. Now, what made this book almost perfect, you know, if, if the artwork details were fixed, you know, it would have been almost a perfect grade. But uh, I'm super excited because for the first time ever, I had an issue or a letter to the editor that I wrote published in this issue. Right up there. Very first one in the letter page. Mr. Comics 89 from Monta Vista, Colorado. So I was super stoked, super excited. I mean, I have at least four covers of this issue and at least three of cover A. <laughs> I have a lot of these, actually. I'm, I must have bought a lot of these. Um, at least six, honestly. So that's because I was just so excited. So I just, because I bought one issue to have graded, one issue to have to read. One issue that I bought from a store because I wanted to support that store. That kind of a thing. Anyway. Uh, again. ASN number 13. Grade would be an A-. minus. Really good to have the Hobgoblins back. Super excited to have the Hobgoblins back. And I am enjoying. I, 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 like, I like where this uh, Queen Goblin story is going. I mean, it's a shame we're going to have to wait till the end of <coughs> Dark Web to see where Queen Goblin's headed. At least that's what I think. All right. Issue number 14 of Amazing Spider-Man. Writing by Zeb Wells and the art. Uh, I'm not going there. All I know is I can tell you it's not J.R. 
who did, uh, I mean, he did the cover, but I think um, on the inside, you had, what, Summer, a Spring, Michael Dowling, Summer, Kyle Holtz, Fall, Terry Dodson, Winner, Ryan Stegman. Um, and the reason why I say that is because they div basically divide this book up into, as a, I think it was a slightly bigger than normal. And they divided this book up into like four seasons. The biggest con for this book straight away, well, oh, I, I kind of got to say, the biggest con with this book straight away is no Ben Riley. No Ben Riley. No Peter Parker. This is an all Ben Riley ASM issue. So basically Ben's missing year or Ben missing time. So we open... Ben's coming back from a raid, raiding beyonds, hangouts. He's hearing some sort of voice in his head, and he's planning and he's trying to find the answers. Um, Janine's asking why he's doing this stuff. You know why? You know why? You know where does this end? He's like, I want my memories back, all of them, because all I remember, I don't remember anything other than waking up at the Jackal's lab and very Jackal's lab and very little after that. And most of my memories are pain, pain, pain. I don't remember meeting you, but I remember losing you. And she's, you know, lost, losing hope in him. And so she's, Janine was like, almost like, I'm done, and leaves. She goes to uh, Grand Central Station, where she's having eggs, and the owner sits down to eat with, or with her, asking how she's going, or whatever. And a very unsettledly, you know, uh, cashier profit one was like go on the dishwasher will be late or here in five minutes which tips off janine the way she sounded because it's like i mean i picked this up right away that dishwasher was code for police arriving in five minutes i mean i picked that up right away that like you know you don't really do that people don't say oh i'm, I'm gonna be late to work i'm mean, not five, five minutes you usually are more than that so they especially don't call tell the owner you know, that kind of thing. At least not my experience. You know, so she stabs his hand, breaks his leg because he tried to hold her in the booth. Runs back to Ben saying, let's burn down the world together. We'll get your memories back because I'm through with the world. And I'm with, and I'm with you to the end. You know, as uh, was it Captain America and Bucky said in Winter, Sol Winter Soldier, the uh, I'm with you to the end of the line. That was their sentiment here. Um, I gotta tell you, the mat, the costume for uh, Chasm, Ben Riley's Chasm, it doesn't look the same without the glowy residue, mystical vapors off of it. Looking at just a cloth, it doesn't look right. It needs that spooky quality. Um. Summertime, Ben's stalking out Peter, you know, for whatever reason. He comes across the debt collector who thinks, oh, Peter, you just dyed your hair. You can't hide from me. He's shoving him off. Um, they got some sort of piece of skin. Ben and uh, Janine did from beyond. That's decades old. That's someone's skin sample. It looks like a Dorito. Um, but it's needed to fuel the machine that's finally completed, and it takes the through the doorway, takes Spin to Limbo, where he meets Madeline Pryor, the clone of Jean Grey. 
And so they're just talking. They're talking after they're these demons that are following the around start fighting each other. You know, and Janine and him are eating and the dinner table and fall in, I'm guessing, um, limbo, making plans, you know, we're going to do this stuff, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to use, you know, use your army, I'm going to take New York, you know, get what you want, you know, we're going to get, bo uh, both our lives are stolen from us, and we you know, we know where the thieves are, uh, Janine's feeling, after we leaves dinner early, I'm guessing, or was, you know, whatever, because she's feeling, She's tired of being the third helpless will, or being the helpless will, you know, the powerless sidekick. She wants power to stand with her, to stand with Ben. And Madeline Pryor basically gives her a finger of a Sim, some demon or whatever, stabs her with it, says a mumble jumble spell, and a couple of masks are appearing, you know, a. Uh, a witch, uh, Frankenstein kind of a thing, and you know that she was many names Elizabeth Tyne, Janine Godby, Sarah Porter, Mary Bailey. But she's gonna she's gonna wear she's gonna she's gonna wear her own face now or something like that and she's gonna be Hollow's Eve. You know, which is pretty cool. I like I like I like this I like her having her own her I like her having powers I think I think it's really cool. I mean that character was good for really nothing else it seemed like you know why not give her powers? Um. Anyway, we go to winter time. He's still standing outside of Peter's place. That debt collector from Peter's hospital stay whatever is still coming by and he attacks the debt collector after he. <laughs> Sounds like he's calling him a fake Peter Parker. You know, beats him up, takes him to uh, Limbo because they're going to use him as an experiment for uh, Madeline Pryor and his plan. Um, she, they've grown some sort of tree that they're going to test out. And after the guy eats a seed from uh, the tree, it basically turns um, his essence or his spirit or soul into some energy ball kind of a thing that... When Madeline Pryor inhales it, she knows, she knows, she knows him, his secrets and all that stuff. And so that is a plan for Ben Riley to get his Peter Parker memories back. And again, their plans, after looking at the pot here, Madeline Pryor to get her life as Jean and her baby, the baby that she lost, uh, I guess it's Colossus, and he's gonna get his, Ben's gonna get his Spider-Man memories back. Anyway, like I said, I barely understood it. If I went into a complicated thing, that's because I barely understood this issue. Um, from what I understand from reading it and other podcasts, it basically boils down to, it's almost like another clone story, uh, clone saga story. You're gonna got two clones, to go to go after their not makers but uh, 
uh, originals or whatever and get what they feel is deserved to them. Uh, Madeline's case, I guess, is figuring out whether she truly belongs down there in Limbo or she's queen of the Limbo. Well, I forgot to mention that. Or she belongs on Krakoa and Jean's place. I don't know. And then... Honestly, Ben grew up. <laughs> I kind of like the... I like Ben. I think Ben Riley as a character will stand best in the future here. I mean, he can have some Peter Parker core memories, but he needs to be his own person. You cannot... I don't think they can keep playing this clone issue. They need to... He needs to be his own character. And I feel, truly feel that coming to grips with... Okay, I lost... I lost the Peter Parker aspect of myself. But I know who Ben is, and Ben is me. I think these characters... I think Ben and Peter will work so much better in the future if they truly are brothers and not clones. That's what I feel. And so I hope that Dark Web will end that way. That Ben Riley will accept that I'm your brother, I am not you. Anyway, my grade for this is complicated. Um, like I said, the artwork is not the worst I've seen. Sp um, spring and fall were definitely bad. I enjoyed the 90s look of summer, even if I didn't enjoy uh, the uh, radish face of uh, Ben Riley <laughs> in summer. Hollow's Eve definitely did looked good. And I definitely enjoyed uh, Winter for that artwork. But, uh, yeah. Let's see. Storing was confusing as hell. Definitely dipped a lot down. Artwork. Ugh. I don't usually give bad grades, but I think I'm going to have to give Amazing Spider-Man number 14 a... I'm going to give it a D plus. I didn't enjoy it. It was confusing. I mean, before I did understand, it was good. Limbo, Madeline. I mean, I'm looking forward now to understand where Madeline Pryor comes in. I'm looking forward to the plan now. Now I have a better idea what Dark Web's supposed to be like. Um, that we're finally going to get Ben to show up. But, uh... I think Ben's just acting like a spoiled... brat. You know, a 14-year-old brat who's not getting his way. Ridiculous. And, uh... You know, Janine as Hollow's Eve is almost like the... few redeeming qualities of this book, honestly for me. So I give this book a D plus. I will not, I, I just cannot give it a C. I had a, I had so much wrong with this book that I couldn't, it was tough for me to understand. It's not that I hated it, but I just couldn't love it. You know? It was alright. 
it was a D plus. Maybe if I understood it better, it'd be a C territory, but this is a D plus. So those of you who've followed me along here since I started doing these reviews, I've been very high on my grades, A's and B's, maybe even a C here, but I've never gone into D territory on any book on the Zeb Wells arc here, except for this issue. So quite the high-low here, ASM 13. Oh! I'm not going to show you because I already put the book away, but I already, uh, but I got a second issue. I got, I, I, I told you in this issue, I got my first letter to the editor published. I had a second one published in the very next issue. So that is one of the few, again, one of the few redeeming qualities in here. Not, it doesn't have, doesn't affect the story, so it doesn't affect my grade. But it's just, ugh, I'm super excited, super excited. So at least, this is my ASM review, two letter issues. <laughs> uh, but this is really definitely a high low. No, 13 was a, again, A minus. 14 was a D plus. I mean, talk about a roller coaster. Hopefully, the next, what, I think three or four issues of Amazing Spider-Man with Dark Web are better. If it's the same way as this, it's going to be a rough next, you know, two, three months, that's for sure. All right. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to this um, ASM podcast review of Amazing Spider-Man number is issue 13 and 14 of uh, volume 6 stay tuned for future episodes of my ASM reviews as well as the, those of you listening to the podcast when I eventually get back to doing um, community member review uh, interviews and things like that it's just been a super busy super stressful last few months here that I just had not have the time to do much of anything. Plus, I had surgery, you know, uh, two months ago, and I've been healing from that for my hernia. All's good, but again, been recovering. It's just been a been a interesting end of the year. So, take care, everyone. Happy collecting. I'll see you guys next time. Talk to you later. Talk to you later, and have a good night. Thank you for listening to Comic Collector's Corner. We hope you enjoy the show. Please consider giving the podcast a follow and leave a review of the show on your favorite podcast platform. If you are interested in being a guest on the podcast, hit up the CCC up on Instagram under the Comic Collector's Corner or email me at mrcomics at aol.com. And that's mr underscore comics at aol.com. Take care and have a good day.